Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm gonna show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Premed Year, session number 396. Hello, and welcome to The Premed Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Premed Years. I hope you're having an amazing day. I hope that you have applied to medical school if you're applying this cycle. If you're not, that you're close to applying. If you're taking the MCAT soon, I hope your MCAT prep is going exactly how you want it, getting 520s across the board, because that would be amazing, wouldn't it? The question of applying is what we're going to talk about today, and really the question of, am I ready to apply? This is going to be a new series that I'm going to do with Dr. Scott Wright, the VP of Academic Advising at mapped.com. Now, mapped.com, M-A-P-P-D.com is my new technology platform that I'm building, I'm co-founding with Rachel Grubbs, who has almost 20 years experience in the test prep world. And Rachel, formerly of Next Step Test Prep and Blueprint, and I joined up late last year, 2019, to form Mapped. And we are so close to showing more and more of what we're doing at Mapped. But one of the things that I wanted to continue at Mapped was providing amazing content for you. Everything that I've been doing here at Medical School Headquarters, we're going to be doing even more of with Mapped. And because I have Dr. Scott Wright, the former director of admissions at UT Southwestern Medical School, the former executive director of TMD SAS, he was in charge of the whole application service and had intimate knowledge and, and connections with all of the medical schools through TMD SAS. Dr. Scott Wright and I are going to do Am I Ready? A new series, a new podcast, a new YouTube series that's going to be on the Mapped YouTube channel, which you can find at mapped.tv, M-A-P-P-D.tv. But the new series is going to be 
uh, a really a Q&A, a quick Q&A, am I ready to apply? And it's something that we tested at National Pre-Med Day, and that's what you're going to hear today. Now, the format was a little bit different. We didn't have the student with us, which we're thinking about doing for Am I Ready? We're still trying to figure all of that out, but Am I Ready is going to be a new series that we're going to put on with MAPT that you're going to be able to listen to, you're going to be able to watch, and and maybe be even able to participate in. And you're going to hear the first episode today again from National Prima Day, which we held on 5-28. hope you enjoy this Am I Ready episode. If you are interested in applying potentially for this year, or starting off for next year, whether you're ready to apply for this next cycle, you want to get a head start of questioning whether or not you're going to be ready to apply. Go to mapped.com. Again, mappd.com slash ready. mappd.com slash ready. And we'll redirect you to a Google form that you can fill out and let us know that you are interested in applying to be on MI Ready. Without further ado, let's jump in. Say hello to Dr. Scott Wright, the VP of Academic Advising with MAPT. Dr. Scott Wright with Am I Ready to Apply? So we announced this and students were freaking out. They're like, yes, this is what I want. Like, can I do it? I'm not applying this this cycle. I'm like, no, just like, wait. Um, So we got a bunch of students applying for Am I Ready to Apply? We were going to call it like red light, green light. Um, But uh, (laughs) Am I Ready to Apply? Uh, Really just uh, talking through some of these students' applications, potentially where they're at. Obviously, a lot is going to be based on staff. And, and hours and stuff like that. And and just talk through it. Like if you if you potentially saw an application come across like this just from a, a numbers perspective, which are where a lot of students are trying to figure out should I apply now or should I apply later? Uh is is the decision algorithm. So what do you say? You ready to play? Absolutely. <laughs> we need we need some like am I ready to apply theme music? Um <laughs> that would be fun. All right. So, let's let me just ask you before we jump into the first one. Um when it comes to a student deciding for for themselves, am I ready to apply, right? They're asking themselves that. What uh, what do you think are are maybe the the top two or three questions that need they need to be asking? Mm. Asking of themselves. Asking I mean, of that's, themselves. Yeah, that's. I mean, I think that um, you know one of the big one of the big things one of the big questions I think that uh, students need to ask themselves is does it feel right? That you know I think we talk science students are so. Uh, apt to think about things in terms of spreadsheets and data and uh, scientific analysis, et cetera. But um, I'm a real advocate for gut feeling too. Mm. Does this feel like the right time? Do I feel in my heart of hearts like this is like, like I'm ready, like this is a, a good timing. And, and I think that, uh, also bouncing that off of other pre-meds, you know, the collaborative effort that we have with each other to say, you know, where, where do you think I'm at? And, and part of that is being honest with yourself and really being willing to say, I don't think I'm ready or, 
have the confidence to say, I do think I'm ready. And I'm going to I'm, I'm going to push through this uh, imposter syndrome that we've talked about a number of times today. I'm going to push through that and I'm going to uh, really go, you know, go into this uh, with confidence. So I think part of it is being honest with yourself, being able to being willing to ask questions of yourself. You know, I think that <clears throat> often we don't want to ask questions because we don't really want to know the answers. And uh, so if you're if you're talking to your advisor or if you're talking to another student uh, or others uh, that you that you trust and you're not really interested in what they're going to say or you're afraid of what they're going to say, then that may be a good indication that maybe this isn't uh, the right timing for you. Maybe there maybe you need to uh, back off and think about taking an extra year or taking an extra uh, stab at it. You know, when you when you are in a position where you feel ready. So I think asking the question of yourself is an important step to say, I think this is the right timing for me and trusting those around you that you have confidence in to say, yes, I agree with you. You know, this is the, this is the right timing for you. Um, so, you know, I, I think, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's that fear factor thing that, that uh, paralyzes us sometimes in thinking, oh, my God, I'm not ready. Or, oh, my God, I'm on the pres- precipice of this. And now I'm really freaking out. You know, <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying, Ryan? Yeah. You've been there. You, and it's, you, you, it's hard because it's like I, our anticipation that yeah. is, is usually worse than the actual thing that we're anticipating, oh, that fear. And, yeah. and so uh, our brains are wired to be scared of that saber-toothed tiger. Now, clicking submit on an application, there's no saber-toothed tiger. You're not going to die. But the yeah. anticipation is, is just as real. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. All right. Well, awesome. So let's, um, let's dive in and look at, we're going to talk through some of these, um, uh, stories that came in. So the first one that came in is from a student. It looks like she's an immigrant to this country. She was a nurse in the Philippines, uh, back in 2008, uh, hasn't had the MCAT yet, is taking it in September. Uh, I, I, I wanted to know what practice scores were, but she didn't send that. Um, so she's working, she worked as a nurse in the Philippines. In the US, she works as a, a hemodialysis technician. So she's in a clinical setting, uh, getting a lot of good stuff. She's a martial artist, which is awesome for five years. Um, she wants to stay in Florida. It looks like she's in, in Florida. No big red flags that she mentioned. Um, her science GPA is only a 3.0 and cumulative GPA 3.13. Now, we've we've mentioned it a ton here, I think, of beating a dead horse. The trend matters. She didn't give us the trend. So let's assume it's, it's flat, right? There's no trend up or down. Uh, so 3.0 science, 3.13 cumulative. Um, she gave us a little bit of a personal statement. I'm not going to read that. Uh, and she thinks her clinical experience will help her stand out being a nurse, uh, in the Philippines and now as a hemodialysis technician. What just based on that limited information, what kind of stands out as, as big question marks that you still have and that potentially would say, maybe if this is the case, we should maybe hold off and do something. Yeah. Well, my con- I have two concerns. Without knowing the MCAT score, and you said she hasn't taken the MCAT yet. She's taking it September. Uh, 
So it'll, it'll be a delayed MCAT score. Right. Right. And so I think there are several issues that I would be concerned about with this applicant that might suggest that she's not ready uh, to apply. One is the lateness of the MCAT. This is, uh, now, this is an odd year given, uh, you, know, we, we, you know, we have to say that about this year. Uh, timing is, is kind of thrown out the window right now because of the COVID and, you know, all the, the things that are affecting the timeline on, on applying and stuff. Um, so my, my concerns, however, with that in terms of timing are uh, MCAT, I, I'm wondering why she's waiting so late to take the MCAT. And maybe it's the timing in with COVID and stuff. Uh, I don't know. But uh, wh- why is she waiting so late to take the MCAT? Uh, secondly, is I have a significant concern about the, the GPA being so low, particularly in the science courses. This is, uh, this is where the rubber meets the road, really. Uh, I would want to know a little bit more about the background um, uh, of the, uh, and, and specifically what courses she's taken and what uh, what uh, scores uh, she she made in those courses. But uh, this is a big concern for me, and I, this is not unusual. I think when we talk about um, applicants that are coming from different uh, cultural settings or from a different. Um, uh, a different uh, model of education uh, that they uh, there can be some uh, some issues with regard to the transition into an American system of education uh, where it uh, where they're they're not always but there can be differences that that can cause problems. Um, I'm specifically also very concerned about the English speaking ability of someone coming from a non English background. Now, she really didn't uh, indicate that, but my suspicion is, coming from the Philippines, that she's not a a native English speaker. And this can be significant, this can cause significant problems in a lot of ways, but most specifically on the MCAT, where it's heavily reading intensive and uh, and, uh, and it's timed. And uh, one of the questions that she needs to ask herself, if that's the case, uh, about this issue of language, is what language does she think in? Is she thinking in her ori- her original language, or is she thinking in her in the in English? If she's still thinking and translating in her head, uh, this is a big problem because of the timed nature of the MCAT. Uh, this can cause some real significant uh, issues uh, with finishing the exam. And, uh, and, you know, comprehension and stuff like that. So in this particular case, I would say probably not ready, uh, probably need maybe another year to, uh, to really focus on the MCAT, to really focus on uh, some additional upper level science courses that, that she can really show to a medical school, I can do this and I can do it at a high level. If she's, if she's doing uh, upper level science courses at a at basically a B level, uh, 3.0 level, uh, then that really doesn't show a medical school that there's the capability there that they're going to want to see um, on uh, on those uh, real on those kind of courses, which is going to is come as close as possible to uh, being what what she's going to face when she gets into medical school. So yeah. 
So I would say probably not. Okay. It's interesting. I've never really thought about the, the whole, are you, are you still thinking in your native language and translating mm. and how that potentially affects you? That's an interesting oh, question. It just slows everything yeah. down, way down. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, I would have those those same concerns with that application or that applicant. Yeah. Right. All right. So our, our next student uh, is hopefully planning on getting at least a 510 on their MCAT score. They're, they're testing September 11th. It doesn't look like they're applying this cycle, maybe. Um, practice scores are about a 506, so right in, in range potentially with that mm -hmm. score that they want. Mm -hmm. Cumulative GPA of 3.5, science GPA of 3.2, but with with an upward trend. First semester cumulative was a two nine. Last semester was a three eight. Transferred schools the first two years at one school a three three. The last three years at a better school, more esteemed school, as they put it, a three six five. But a less upward trend in the sciences. Um, three zero first year, three three the last two years. So so still struggling a little bit with those sciences. Um, some some good shadowing hours about a hundred hundred hours in GI. Peds oncology uh, seems like that's what they're potentially interested in. Emergency room most most recently February of 2020 for shadowing, so good good recency there. Uh, a scribe at a pediatric unit uh, that they're currently doing three years of primate research, which is awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. 500 hours of volunteering at a children's blood and cancer clinic and a volunteer wow. researcher on the twin brains study. So that's cool. Uh, I'd love to have twin brains. <laughs> I, would, I would love to. I could use another brain. Um, <laughs> looks like they're interested in Texas and the University of Washington. It looks like they're they're in Texas now. Uh, mm -hmm. Her the, the the student's mom lives in Texas or in Washington, so some good ties to that state. Mm -hmm. uh, red flags. It says three Q drops. I don't know what Q drops are. Do you know what Q drops are? Yeah, that basically means she withdrew. She uh, was in enrolled in the course and then withdrew from the course for some reason. Okay, so a W. Uh, yeah, basically. Okay. Correct. Okay, so so three withdrawals, uh, not a red flag on my unless there's any uh, on my books unless there's any significant pattern. But it looks like they had reasons for each of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, brief explanation of wanting to be a doctor. Right? The the they started off. Um, as a biological anthropology student, makes sense to that primate research, uh, and then started yeah. volunteering at the blood and cancer clinic and became a pre-med student and yeah. uh, had had some some uh, experiences then. Um, something that she, she thinks will help her stand out, a seamstress of reusable coffee filters for seven years. Uh, originally, okay. again, this biological anthropology student uh, evacu uh, excavated, I was going to say evacuated, excavated a two million year old rhinoceros remains in another country. And uh, yeah, so it's an interesting little journey here. What are mm -hmm. your what are your thoughts on this student? Uh, well, I, I think it sounds promising to me. Uh, I'm, I'm encouraged about the uh, the uh, upward trajectory on the on the GPA on the, the courses um, uh, I think that it sounds like switching schools was a, a good thing for her that it really uh, which can sometimes happen you need a new start you need a new uh, scenery or whatever and, and so that can be very uh, powerful I think sometimes um, I'm very interested and in, I mean the way you describe it uh, this would be the kind of applicant that I would read 
the uh, essay, the, I would read the, uh, the application, I would think, wow, I, I really want to meet this student. You know, I want to I meet her and, and, you know, and talk to her and find out more about her. And that's exactly what you want a reviewer to think. Yep. You want a reviewer to, at the end of reading your application, you want them to be thinking, I'd really like to meet this person. So um, I, it sounds very promising to me. Um, I would probably risk, you know, not that it's a risk, but I'd probably say go for it uh, on this one. I, I think uh, she's got a lot of good stuff in her background, a lot of really strong uh, contact experiences and clinical uh, experiences, some, some real broadness about her that uh, is very fascinating. And medical schools these days really love that kind of stuff. Uh, it diversifies the class. It gives breadth and, and, and interest and, uh, and all that. Um, what, what, what I always suggest is you, you, you identify uh, and, and, and make your plan to, uh, to, to apply to, to medical school. And then what you want to do is you want to plan for the worst. Mm-hmm. Hope for the best, plan for the worst. So if, if her plan was to apply this year, then she would want to plan out her year as if she didn't get in and she was going to reapply next year. So what's she going to do in this intervening year until she uh, applies next year? So she's going to hope for the best. She's going to plan for the downside. And uh, But I would say, yeah, go for it. I mean, I think there's some richness there that would really uh, be, you know, would really cause some interest to uh, to many of the schools. I just want, I'd want to invite her and then steal her phone and look at her pictures of dinosaur yeah. bones. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, want, I want to play with dinosaur bones. That's awesome. <laughs> um, all right. So our next student here, um, last MCAT score was a 494, planned to retake in cool. July, currently scoring at a 505, hope to score a 510, but realistically a 508. Uh, science GPA 3447 for AMCAS, 3440 for ACOMAS, cumulative GPA 3564, and then a postback 10, cur- or 10 hours at this point, or 373. So mm-hmm. looks like a nice upward trend there. Yeah. Um, looks like 3,000 hours of clinical experience as a medical laboratory scientist. Uh, tutoring underserved kids for a couple years, worked as a CNA for 600 hours, uh, crisis counselor, lots of shadowing, weightlifting. So lots of great experiences, it looks like. Um, Really long school list. Looks like mostly osteopathic medical schools, which is interesting. Um, uh, There's some MD ones as well. She gave us a big list here. No red flags. I want to be a doctor because I want to change the lives of others. I want to be there for patients during the most vulnerable times in their lives. And I want to be a part of the team who helped with their success as a doctor. I will have the opportunity to do that, I guess. Um, uh, any interesting things about you? I asked at the end, she's like, I was in a movie. Uh, I had a role and worked with professional actors and actresses, an indie film about Detroit. I even had a couple oh, of lines. Wow. That's awesome. Oh, uh, wow. Did Scott, did you know I was in a movie as well? Uh, I did not. Yeah. Now, you know, I was in fever pitch, Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon movie. 
Oh, really? Yeah. And do you have any lines? I did not have any lines, but I did. I, I was on screen. I was I was a baseball player extra in the movie. Oh, okay. And, and in the scene it, with Drew uh, with Drew Barrymore getting hit in the head with the baseball and needing to go to the hospital to get scanned, and they're back at their house. Uh, somebody calls Jimmy Fallon and says, "Turn on the TV." And he turns on the TV, and it's like a Sports Center replay. In that uh-huh. Sports Center replay, that's me pitching. Oh wow, that's fun. <laughs> well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't quit my day job. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. Don't worry. Uh, they they never called me back. Um, so, uh, what are your thoughts here with this one? So, um, I think it sounds promising. Uh, I I think the the numbers are there. Uh, the MCAT sounds like it's in a good area. Sounds like she's got a plan to. Uh, to move forward with that and to improve on that. You said, uh, I think you said kind of hoping for shooting for a 508. Is that what you said? 510, realistically a 508 yeah. going okay. up from a 494. So nice huge yeah. jump there. Oh, yeah. How often Absolutely. are you looking at that going, oh, the, the, the MCAT score maybe is not that great, but look at their first one. Wow, it's a huge improvement. Yeah, yeah I mean, that does happen. I, I, I've seen, I've seen uh, students who like you know, really blew the top out of it after not doing so well. Mm. Um, in fact, my nephew, uh, who is starting medical school this summer, uh, is uh, did just that, you know, sort of did okay. And then uh, wham, and I think his improvement was 13 points. Wow. And from one from one sitting to, to another. So it's an amazing uh, point, point increase. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think this is another one where um, I would say, yeah, the numbers look good. The uh, the activities and stuff are outstanding. Yep. Um, I wouldn't delay on on an application for that for that student. I, I think uh, th- there's really no reason to, to to hold back and you know put yourself out there. Uh, you know, as with as we've already sort of discussed, you know, you're pushing the submit button, you're putting yourself out there. It's a bit scary, but it th- there's no downside to doing that. Uh, because reapplicants are not punished for being simply a reapplicant. Yep. Uh, you, you know, you do have to show that you've, you know, recognized what the problems were in the previous application, or you've worked to improve on what you what you've been uh, doing. But otherwise, I mean, put yourself out there, and and you know, the the the, the, the there, there's not very many absolutes in the medical school admissions process. The only one that I have ever known is if you do not apply you will not get in yep so you know put yourself out there absolutely yeah i'd I'd definitely say yes on that one okay all right this is an interesting one we'll see we'll see where this one goes so no mcat score scheduled in august after three rescheduling appointments unfortunately thanks Uh thanks covid (laughs) science gpa two five cumulative gpa two seven six they, yeah. they they put the uh, the third number in there in case that that point zero zero nine <laughs> actually helped two five oh nine two seven six three post back science GPA uh, three six six seven they didn't uh, unfortunately they didn't say how many credits that is 
Yeah. Um, so put, let, let's assume it's 20 credits, right? Some significant number. So this is a student who obviously did very poorly in their first go round and yeah. something, yeah. something flipped. It looks like UCLA yeah. for undergrad and now they're at University of Arizona for their post back. Yeah. Um, still planning on taking classes throughout the summer and the following year. Uh, worked at Disney as an EMT kind of cool. Uh, obviously, Disney's closed right now, uh, although opening up July again. Uh, UC Irvine as a senior trauma technician, um, emergency department technician, emergency room technician. So lots of clinical experiences, um, some leadership experiences they put in here, uh, some cultural leadership experiences, some good uh, volunteer experiences. Uh, looks like they've gone to a bunch of conferences around trauma and uh, looks like their, their application screams future ER doc. That's obviously what they're interested in. Right. Uh, right emergency right, right. medicine stuff. Uh, they're in California applying to all the UC schools uh, along with private schools. Um, GPA, obviously they, they put as the biggest red flag, the student putting that their, their father passed away in the last year of undergrad at UCLA. So maybe that potentially is what tanked the GPA, uh, cardiac arrest at home. Uh, I froze, wow. I froze and oh. didn't start CPR until the dispatcher instructed me to. That's just, that's brutal. I, I, I one yeah, of my best is. friends had to do CPR on his own dad. And it's just like, oh, it's brutal. Wow. It's just, yeah, unfortunately. It's that's tragic, yeah. Um, so that potentially explains, right, this emergency medicine uh, love yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. their story, I believe my story and experiences will help me stand out in terms of work experience. I believe uh, being EMT for Disneyland is something that will help me stand out. Um, so that's that's where they're at. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, there's several things I would want to know but, uh, to dig a little bit deeper into this particular application. Um, I would want to know um, how, how long there, the, the distance was between the previous academic work and the new academic work. In other words, uh, is this a student who, is, um, who has been at it for, you know, five or ten years and has worked, uh, you know, worked as an EMT for a, a quite a while and, you know, whatever? Um, or is this somebody who kind of went straight from UCLA to University of Arizona and is now uh, working out um, the, the post-bac stuff? Um, I think often, not always, but often the, the, the big mistake that non-traditional students make is that they try to rush it. Yeah. Uh, that they try to, that, you know, particularly with career changers, but not, not always, but particularly with career changers who they, they have gone through some iteration of some work that they didn't like or that didn't connect with them or whatever. And then all of a sudden they figured out finally what they want, what they really want to do and they're ready to get on with it. And, uh, and so they're rushing themselves through a post-bac program or they're rushing themselves uh, through, uh, you know, taking classes on their own or whatever. And they see, they feel like that the feeling is that they are uh, wasting time because they, they want to get on with it. And, uh, and so I think it's, it's a little bit counterintuitive for them to slow down and be a little bit more methodical and prepare themselves a little bit more uh, to go into uh, the application cycle. Now, having said that, um, many medical schools, and, and we talked about this earlier on one of the other uh, 
one of the other sessions, that the medical schools are going to see that GPA cut up in a lot of different ways. Uh, they're not just going to see that 2.5, 2.7, whatever. They're going to see that a distinct post-bac GPA that that either the last 60 hours or they're going to see a post-bac GPA. So that's going to be distinct. And what they're, what they're really banking on is that the medical school is going to see that distinct GPA and say, we have confidence in that. Whatever it was before is before, but we have confidence that this student can really make it in the curriculum based on who they are right now in the classroom. The more hours you have uh, of that post-bac GPA, the more confidence you're going to get, you're going to uh, give to the medical school. Yeah. So I would say that uh, it's really important. Um, when I was uh, at the medical school in Dallas, uh, we were looking for about 45 hours of post-bac cr credits uh, to say of all sciences. Mm -hmm to say this is what this is a body of work um, that really represents uh, a, a good chunk of science classes that we can have confidence in and know that uh, this student is able to do uh, do the work at a high level yeah so i would say I, i'd be on the fence on this one i think i would say maybe another year would would, would really uh, extend the good things that they're already seeing and give them a, a, a lot, a, a greater degree of confidence going into the process. Uh, I think MCAT's going to be a big, uh, big thing on, on this application. I, I would say uh, good MCAT score, I might go for it. Uh, kind of moderately, you know, okay MCAT score, I, I might, I might delay. Um, but the, I would say not to say, you know, I certainly don't want to suggest the numbers are everything, yeah. but uh, in, in cases like this, the numbers do represent a lot. And, uh, and I think they have to really uh, recognize that. And so I would say I'd be on the fence a little bit without the MCAT score, but with a strong MCAT score, I might, go, I might move forward. If the MCAT score comes in a little bit low, I might delay it another year. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's all the time we have for those. Oh, those those right. are fun. Those are interesting. So yeah, we'll, like we'll have to come up with a, with a good format to get the information we need to, yeah. to really dive in, right? To, yeah. to know the number of post-bac hours that that student had, post-bac credits, that would definitely yeah. help. Yeah. Uh, but those, those are fun. Red light, green light. That's what I want to call it. I, I keep going yeah. to that, but it doesn't, doesn't yeah. mean anything. I love that. Um, and, and that's interesting, right? That's, that's the kind of feedback, um, that mapped, right? When, when students are able to enter in their courses into mapped, yeah. we'll be able to, to say, Hey, like your, your grades aren't strong right now. Here's some recommendations. You, you need mm -hmm. maybe 20, 30, 40 hours, whatever we yeah, want to say of, of post-bac credit. And here's why you should do that. And, and here's and why you need it. a better mm -hmm. MCAT score. And, and here's some yeah. different study techniques or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. so that's why I'm, I'm just super stoked about mapped and what we're yeah, going to Absolutely. Same here. Same here. Well, Dr. Scott Rides, thank you so much for your day. Um, Absolutely. And, and everything you've done so far with fun. Mapped. Yeah. A lot of fun. Absolutely. So we'll play red light, green light again sometime. We will play red light, green light, and and I don't, I don't know if you've been told this. We're we're the the ask the dean series. We're gonna to rock and roll with that. So that those who sign up for Mapped in this introductory period, we're gonna get a little private Facebook group. That's where we're gonna do the ask the dean stuff. So yeah, we're gonna have fun good. in there. All right, there you have it. I think during during the episode, I, I forget if we actually 
what we called it during National Pre-Med Day. Uh, I think we called it red light, green light. I think Am I Ready is a little bit a little bit smoother. So Am I Ready, the first episode, a really trial episode. We'll call it the pilot episode for our new series that we're putting on at Mapped. If you want to apply, go to mapped.com slash ready, M-A-P-P-D.com slash ready. If you are interested in Mapped, it's our new platform that we're building at mapped.com. And actually, as soon as I'm done talking here, I'm going into the pre-med hangout, which if you're not a part of premedhangout.com, uh, and I'm actually going to uh, show off a little bit of Mapped. We just got access to the platform, kind of bare bones platform a couple days ago. So I'm going to jump in and show that if you want to jump in and, and see what's going on with Mapped. Our, our special pre-order pricing is still in effect. Uh, it is going to go up on July 1st uh, and we'll stay at that price until we launch it, uh, hopefully maybe by August. That's the goal. Fall of 2020, that's what we're saying. So again, mapped.com, if you are interested in finding out more about mapped or mapped.com slash ready, M-A-P-P-D.com slash ready, if you want to apply to be part of MI Ready, this new series that we're putting on with mapped. Hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time here on The Pre-Med Years. This is MedEd Media.